Something that is so important for everybody that follows Jesus is putting people around you that love you, want to see you succeed, and most importantly, speak God's truth in your life. As an athlete, the teammates and the friends that are around you will more than likely influence how you live your life and how you act. That's why today I wanted to bring on Braxton Cave to talk about this topic and about his playing days and so much more. I've been so excited about bringing Braxton on the show and cannot wait for you to hear about his journey and passion for following Jesus. Braxton is a former Notre Dame and NFL offensive lineman and was on the team that actually went to the national championship in 2012. As one of the highest ranked recruits coming out of high school, he had an unbelievable career throughout college and into the NFL. You will also learn uh, that Braxton loves Jesus, and he's not ashamed of the gospel. Throughout our talk, it was apparent that Braxton had so much knowledge on portraying Christ as an athlete, and he gives us great advice about repping Christ on the field, off the field, and especially who we surround ourselves with. So let's get into it today. I am Ken Burke, and welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. Braxton Cave, how are you doing, sir? Thank you for joining me today. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm really looking forward to our conversation and you know about surrounding yourself with the right people, uh, something that you brought up to me, which I think is a great, outstanding topic to talk about for, for athletes and people all over. Um, but you know, let's start off with your amazing playing career, obviously Notre Dame and the NFL. I would love it if you just you know gave some background on yourself and how Christ has affected your life and athletic career. Yeah, so the the short and long, I guess, of, of me is grew up in northern Indiana, uh, went to Penn High School here, and, you know, pretty much the shadows of Notre Dame campus is, you know, a 10-minute ride um, from my house. And so grew up here in a family of diehard Notre Dame fans. And, you know, when I went through the whole recruiting process, um, you know, talking with a lot of schools and, um, you know, my mom <clears throat> made it pretty clear that she didn't want me to go very far from home. Uh, you know, I've, I've told the story in the past of Urban Meyer calling the house and her hanging up on him and uh, just never wanted me to go that far away uh, from home. And so I always wanted to go to Notre Dame. Uh, I had family that went to Notre Dame, played at Notre Dame. And so when uh, I got the, the offer from Coach Charlie Weiss at the time, it was really a no-brainer for me. Uh, between my core values, uh, my family's core values, the university, um, a, a faith-based institution, you know, it, it all made sense. And then you look at just Notre Dame overall from an academic standpoint, you know, one of the things they preach through that process is it's a 40-year decision, not a four-year decision. And so, you know, I stepped through that and, and I, you know, to this day, wouldn't change a, a single thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. When, when your mom hung up on Urban Meyer, what did she tell you or did you know at that time? I mean, I knew it's, um, I, I knew where her heart was. I mean, she was like, there's no way yeah. you're going that far away from home. <laughs> um, you know, Italian coming from an Italian family, Italian mom, she loves very strong. Um, and so, you know, the idea of her, being able to drive 10 minutes down the road to see me or come to home games versus going down to Gainesville was, uh, it was too much for her. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that was a, a dr- that would be a drastic change um, from from being ten minutes away. But how was playing for Notre Dame? Obviously, you were on the 2012. You went to the national championship game. I mean, you had yeah. everybody on the team. Manti Teo on the team. You had everybody on the team. And how was that experience for you, just being an athlete at that time? I mean, it was a it was an incredible journey. You know, obviously ups and downs through my career at Notre Dame. You know two different head coaches, four different O-line coaches in five years. Um, so to cap it off with a 12-0 regular season, um, you know, I couldn't have imagined a better way to end things had we finished the job. Uh, but, you know, incredible experience with incredible guys. And, you know, there's a lot of learning lessons to take away from that, right? We're It's just adds to the continual adversity that we all go through in, in different stages of life and so obviously like I said we didn't finish the year we wanted the way we wanted to but uh, I wouldn't wouldn't change anything because that was a special season and how, how were you able to prioritize Christ through that through that process too because you know at times Notre Dame football players are looked up to so much by you know fans and young athletes how were you able to just prioritize Christ through that so, you know, again, with me growing up here, we had gone to the same church my entire life. Um, so the cool part about that was on Sundays, I was, you know, if we were, we would be often on Sundays and I'd be able to go to church, uh, take some guys with me. Um, I wasn't, you know, looking back, it's always, you learn through different periods of time and, you know, I wasn't as closely connected to the church as what I wish I w- would have been and could have been um, through my college career. Um, obviously, being in Notre Dame, you know, through the season, you're hitting mass on Saturday before games, but it's really hard to, you know, hone in on a message when you're so amped to get out and play a game. Um, but still, the the leading driver for me was the the founding and leading pastor of our church, Granger Community Church. Uh, Mark Beeson was his name. Mark was always a great mentor for me and, uh, you know, a second father figure. And so he, you know, I knew he, he would send me text messages, words of encouragement. Him and I would meet for lunch as often as we could. Um, so he was really a staple through my faith journey, um, not just through high school, but college and in and, and the NFL. Um, you know, Mark, since um, passed away a couple of years ago um, from a, can- a cancer battle, um, but he—I mean—he's one name and one person that I can honestly and truly say is was was that Christ-like staple for me, you know, helping keep me on the narrow path. Yeah. When when you eventually went to the NFL, was it hard to, or was it difficult to, you know? to be a Christian in, in the NFL, like just to put it pl- bluntly and like, because I mean, throughout the season, I'm sure it's a daily grind, hour, hourly grind. How are you able to, to prioritize that? No, I, I think it's you, you get out of it, whatever you put into it. And mm. so, you know, some of my highlights from my career when I was in um, New England and then also in Detroit, we heavily involved in a, we had a chapel group. Each team had a chaplain, um, and for you know, for lack of better words, we, the the group of us who were on our faith journey, were able to do a, a basically a men's group um, that would meet 
Um, so you pretty early on could see, you know, the guys from a from a faith or mental aspect were on the same wavelength as you and on the same journey. So you kind of surround yourself with with that group and know who you could lean on and you know and some guys really stood out through that process and I told you one thing I'm crazy proud about when I was in Detroit Dan Orlovsky um, was really one of the leads in that men's group and to watch what he's doing now on ESPN and bringing mm -hmm. faith in front of millions of people it's been incredible to say that I've been able to be part of, you know, that circle and, and part of those guys' journey. Yeah, when when Dan uh, Demar Hamlin got got injured and he prayed on live TV, that was that was a powerful powerful moment. Yeah. And I'm sure like you were with him when those when he was you know really early on in his faith. Maybe he was trying to figure out how to how to have that faith in the work setting, uh, which is difficult at times. And you know. What was the most unexpected lesson that you learned as an NFL player being Christian in the NFL? Yeah, I wouldn't say there's – guys are more – I would say guys, girls, whatever the way you look at it, the world's more aligned than what everyone or the media makes, makes it seem like it is. Yeah. It, faith has been important every, on every level where I've been. I, I mean, my journey may be unique um, in comparison to some others, but – you know, faith was important at Notre Dame. Faith was important to a lot of people in the NFL. And faith is important here at my current job. Um, and it's it's not a hidden message from our CEO, Jason Lipper, who also goes to, to Greenwich Community Church. And so it's really the, you know, it's what I've had to learn is it's a lot easier to find common ground with people when you can just be transparent that you're not perfect, right? Jesus was, none of us are. Um, and so, you know, I think Christianity and faith gets a bad rap because there's there can be people that lead on to live this perfect life and say the right things, but when people see their actions, it's really not who they are. So I think it's, you know, just being transparent and vulnerable and I'm not perfect, neither are you, but hey, this is, this is the journey I'm on and how I feel like I can lead a life of faith and just set an example of, you know, trying to make the right decision more often than the wrong one. Yeah, I think people get so confused when they think about Christianity, and even Christians get confused. Like, you don't—Jesus never called you to be perfect. He called you to sh know that He is perfect, and you need Him. And I, I think it's—it gets twisted so much, like you said, especially in the media nowadays, because we are—we're called to live like Jesus— and if somebody doesn't live that out, they're like, you know, all Christians have a target on their back pretty much. And it's it's really difficult to to share that message when, you know, people are trying to to live a perfect life when it's impossible to do. And, you know, like I said prior, we're going to be discussing what it looks like to surround yourself with people that not only bring the best out of you, but push you closer to Jesus. And I think it's it's really important, especially as athletes nowadays. So what have you learned about surrounding yourself with the right people in your life? Yeah, I mean, you hear the cliche saying, right, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's a million different podcasts and books you can read that talk all about this. And it's anyone who's gone through this journey, anybody that maybe someone looks up to, you look at their circle around them, and it's the reason why they've elevated to where they're at. You know, they I, I love the the visual that people can get by using a, thermo a thermostat. 
right? Your environment is your thermostat. And when you crank that up or with people who are operating at a hotter level than you, you're by nature, you're going to elevate with them. And so, you know, for me, it's always been a really important piece. Um, I just have always been so laser focused and disciplined. You can see this flag yeah. behind me yeah. that I keep in my office. Um, it's, it's, it's really easy in my opinion, and this may be an unpopular opinion, but I think it's really easy in today's age to, to be great because so, so many people are okay with just being average, whether that's with their faith, with their fitness, with their career, whatever it may be. Um, sadly, a lot of our, our population has just you know, fell on the, the terms of being okay with just basically letting life happen to them. Mm. You know, it's one thing that I, I've prided myself on is surrounding myself with guys who love God um, you know, I'm, I'm part of a, a business, um, a faith-based business out accountability group. And, you know, we have the, our four pillars in that are faith, family, um, fitness, and career. And so for me, if, if you can't help me either hold myself accountable or give me something to chase after in the way you live your life in those four pillars, I just can't surround myself with you. And not saying that I'm pushing people off and I'm too good for you. It's not that at all. Um, I'll have a conversation or spend time with anybody. But when we're talking about consistent behavior uh, and spending actual intentional long periods of time with someone, um, that's how I just have chosen to, you know, lead my circle. And, and, you know, people, I've had people question me on that in the past of, you know, well, Jesus hung out with, you know, the bottom of the barrel everywhere he went. Absolutely. And again, it goes back to the comment I just made. Like, it's not saying no to people that may need help or um, because I think there's a lot of lessons that me, you, anyone else can learn from people who are struggling or going through difficult times. But at the end of the day, you have to have a support system for you Mm -hmm. so that you can help bring those people along on the journey. Um, Because otherwise, if it's your only surround, again, can't compare ourselves to Jesus. Jesus spent a lot of time with sinners and people going through that. We're not Jesus. Um, and so um, that's just really been a, a big focus for me. And again, I'm not perfect. Um, I'm learning as I go and, and trying to, you know, better my faith. And, you know, faith is with all the people that I, you know, spend time with and talk to, faith is always the hardest one for people to focus on because, you know, you wake up in the morning and you know, whether you're a morning workout person or you're early getting into the office, the day can come and go. And unless you're intentionally scheduling time with God, you know, it, it tends to be the last thing that people think about. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really difficult because, you know, you have the faith family and or you have the fitness and you have the family part and that's physical. Those are all things that are really tangible things. But then the faith comes in and even though it's not right in front of you, it, you know, it should be a, a big priority in your life because without, without your faith, none of those things will, you know, be able to be sustainable. And yeah, I, I love that you brought up your flag behind you that says discipline and, you know, has the definition because if you don't surround yourself with people that don't have that have discipline, like you're going to develop that and you're really going to develop anything that you put 
your into your body. And I had a coach, I think everybody's had a coach that has said like, you get in what you put out, you put, if you put trash in, you're going to get trash out. If you put garbage in, you know, you're going to get garbage out. And I think it's, it's whatever you surround yourself with. It's such a pri- It should be a priority in your life to always, you know, be able to have people in your life that push you and want to see the best for you. But Braxton, for yourself, was there ever a time in your life where you found yourself, you know, in the wrong group of people? And how were you able to navigate that? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously growing up in locker rooms, you're you're surrounded by people on many different paths of lives and, um, and journeys and backgrounds. And um, so by default, yeah, I've, I've been around people who I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to lead my life in the manner that they do or the way that they do. Um, but again, it's about, you know, focusing on you in that internal circle and then hoping to be a light that's shining in the darkness to help bring people along. Um, you know, I think uh, one of the other things that a lot of people struggle with is, the you know, the peer pressure aspect. Um, so, yeah, it goes back to the circle. It's, and I think before any of that, it comes down to identity. You know, who are you? Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be perceived as? Who do you want to be known as when you leave this earth? Um, and when you, because I just read this quote the other day, you know, if if you, uh, it, it's what it says, at some point the world will ask you who you are, and if you don't know, the world will tell you who you are. And, uh, you know, I think that's the slippery slope where people can, you know, trip up and make some bad decisions or put themselves in a bad spot when, you don't truly know what your identity is, or you haven't, you know, ha- have you don't have that foundation in Christ and who, what your identity is. And so, you know, there's a, there's always been difficult situations, and you know, the through college and the pros, the the social scene, and again, you I always fall back on you control. You got to control what you can control, and you can control the environments you put yourself in, and. When you do that, it takes away a lot of the temptation to put yourself in a bad situation. Yeah, I mean, sports can really bring people from all walks of life onto one team. And I think that you just, you know, you hit the nail on the head there with being in a locker room. You're going to be around people that may or may not, you may not, may or may not want to hang out with long term, uh, which is something that every athlete probably struggles with. How can you be around those people, but, you know, not let them bring you down and show them, you know, Christ through you? Yeah, I think the first thing in going into those is you, ha- you have to have a mindset of seek to understand mm. and, and know where, where they're coming from, what their background is, why they believe what they believe, uh, without just shooting them down on where they're at. Um, I think that can be one of the biggest turnoffs uh, to, for people to Christianity or faith in general is um, they feel like, you know, a lot of people, and, and they're not wrong, there's a lot of people who are very judgmental and are like, you got to live life this way or else and do this and do that. And it's just not a, a great way to bring people closer to Christ. And so, you know, like I said, have your foundation, know who you are. And, and then, like I said, seek to understand, build a relationship and then show through example and action of what Christ, what Christ is and who he is. That to me is the best way to lead people to God. It's not. It's not through, you know, for lack of better words, shoving religion down someone's throat or your beliefs down their throat. That doesn't work. 
that's a huge turnoff to a lot of people. So I think it's it's just showing through actions consistently over time that can help lead people. Yeah, and, and when people see that in people in another person nowadays, they really it really stands out to them because not a lot of people want to take that narrow path, like Jesus said. And I think it's it's so important to remember that, especially in you know the locker room setting or in, just on a field where there's so many people around you. And I think we all know the verse, you know, iron sharpens iron. Uh, so a friend sharpens a friend. You know, we've seen that in every weight room, probably across America. Uh, how did you practically practically do this in your career, and even you know now as as a, a work in the workforce? Yeah, so I think going we're going back to that circle, right? The the five people that you're surrounding yourself with. Um, I while I was you know in high school, I had you know a couple buddies that were closer to me than anyone else. Um, you know, great great friends that held me accountable and both on a on a faith journey themselves. And you know, getting to Notre Dame, I had, you know, you, you, anyone who's been in sports, you know, the locker room, you, you walk into this with built in friends, right. And then you got to start closing the gap there on, you know, who you fit with and who you want to surround yourself with. But same thing, no different than where I met my career today, uh, in business. You know, it was one of my biggest fears coming out of, I don't know if I'm going to call it fear or just concerns coming out of playing sports my whole life was am I going to lose that locker room camaraderie um, you know that atmosphere of brotherhood and and again I'm extremely blessed to be part of a company that has given me the autonomy to build teams and create that environment Um, obviously now in the business world I get to bring you know some some strong and courageous women into that mix and which for me, you know, one of my largest orgs that I oversee, you know, is 90, probably 90% female. And it's incredible because they, and you know, my wife, same way, just be able to give you a completely different view um, of how you look at life and how you approach things. Because uh, I don't, I don't want to be a, a person that surrounds myself with yes men. It's, you got to have people who are going to challenge you and my wife does a really good job of doing that. Um, and so to have, you know, the, some of the guys in my group, but the ladies especially have, have done a great job of straightening me out. <laughs> yeah. I think I read a, I read a book uh, about Abraham Lincoln and he, his, his cabinet was made up of all these different people of all these different, uh, parties and backgrounds and stuff like that. And that was to not only, you know, have the best intention of himself in mind, but have the best intention of the country in mind, of course, because he wanted to have all of those different perspectives and the things that he didn't see. He wanted people to, you know, check him on. Uh, I, I thought that was a really great lesson for for all people, everybody that reads that. But, but Braxton, I can't thank you enough for joining me today. It was really great talking with you, and you know, I just thank you uh, so much for all the work that you're doing for the kingdom out there. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's not every day you get to be part of. You know, I do a lot of podcasts and speaking events and. Mostly people want to talk about, you know, business. So it's Mm. refreshing to get to talk um, and chat about what really matters. And so this has been a breath of fresh air for sure. All right. Well, for all of our listeners out there, please make sure to subscribe to the show and share it with someone that you think would be impacted by what we talked about today. 
This topic is something that needs to be talked about more often, and I just can't thank Braxton enough for coming on the show today. If you don't get anything else from this episode, just remember this. Jesus loves you, and he's going to fight for you no matter what. Talk to you next time.